What's up, guys? This is episode 99 of the Pinner of Low podcast. I changed the logo. I'm recording this Monday, and it's only showing up on the Apple uh, podcatcher right now, but it should be up there by Tuesday. You'll see it. I mean, you'll know when you get it, but I did that. So there's no more uh, really shitty logo that you can't even read on the uh, the podcatchers anymore. So today I'm going to talk about the fake religion of Wicca and why it's all bullshit. So you may be asking yourself, you, you know, you're like, Trace, what are you talking about? Wicca is an ancient religion that was basically paganism. Well, on that front, you're not really wrong because paganism and Basically, for those of you who don't know what that is, anything that isn't Christianity, um, it's kind of been modified now to be anything that isn't the big three religions, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. But in the 12th century, it was everything that wasn't Christianity. So there was a lot of um, Euro-pagan religions that were basically... Um, worshiping nature, things along those lines. They had some deities, but again, they were mostly things like spirits of the forest, things like that. Um, Something that I found interesting was most modern Wiccans, witches of the forest, will tell you that you don't need a temple, a church, or any qualifications to become a Wiccan priest. That's a lie. Um, according to most of our historical documents, pagan priests along almost all of the Euro-pagan religions, I believe all of them, the Druids, which was a high priest type character, would have the equivalent standing in their community of a doctor or a lawyer today. So... Sounds a little bit like uh, you need some qualifications because they were relatively intelligent people. I mean, they had what was considered to be an education. I mean, whatever you could call um, a higher education then, they had it because they were clearly, you know, leagues above everybody else if they're being compared to doctors and lawyers in the 12th century when people could barely even uh, figure out what wheat was. Um and there's this this huge, well, there's two um, characters, actually. I can only find one, but I've heard a reference of others, and I'm kind of searching for it right now. But the one that I found, it's a Reddit thread on r slash atheism. Um, it's this woman named Margaret Murray. She sold a book called The Witch Cult in Western Europe, and she really cut and pasted the sources of her book to to bolster her her claims and the way she did that is she would take a passage and she would use ellipses and cut like four paragraphs and then use the sentence somewhere else so it would seem like you know this four paragraph thing that she didn't mention to you which really told you about all the important things that they were doing like supernatural things superstition um 
it says here that it included the parts about witches worshiping nature and links to prehistory and excluded the parts about uh, having sex with the devil, eating babies and flying around on animals. So, you know, cutting out things that uh, most people would probably find unsavory. I don't know. But that's what happened with Margaret Murray. She basically designed her own truth. Now, there is a lot of information about witches, but here's where it gets kind of shaky, is that information was extracted through confessions by the church and the Inquisition, which going to put a kind of pause on that one here. There's a lot of conflicting reports about the Inquisition. There are, you know, documents that say the Inquisition was actually treating people better than the prisons of the time. So people would actively, you know, break holy laws in courts to try and get into Inquisition prisons. And they were, you know, by proxy overflowing. So these... I'm not totally sure about the Inquisition yet, but I guess we'll say that they were doing some uh, suspicious interrogations. Now, the way that that they got these um, confessions, a lot of the time it's torture. So they would say, you're a witch, therefore they would give an... They wouldn't ask a question. They would make an accusation. So they would say, you're a witch, therefore you're the reason why Tom is sick. And they would say, what are you talking about, dog? I just live out in the woods, and I like frogs and stuff. And then they'd be like, are you sure? A hundred percent. I'm like, yeah, totally. And they'll get out a bat with some spikes, and they'd hit you with it. And they'd be like, are you sure now? And they'd be like, I am a witch. Can we put the bat away, please? And they'd be like, that was a good confession. You're smart heretic, that's what you are. And basically every historian since has distanced themselves from Murray, but pop culture decided they were going to take her false histories and push them to be a uh, popular new religion. So... People who are claiming to be pagans are basically just ignoring the fact that all of her stuff has been disproven and that they don't uh, do any background research into any of her sources. There's another guy named Norman Cones who did a historical tracing of the witch ideals in Nor Europe's Inner Demons book was published in 1975 and he totally destroys Murray's concept or her arguments of her book in the chapter, The Society of Witches That Never Was. Uh, I haven't gotten this book, but I might. And it details here that witch day parades, covens, witch liberation movements, witch gatherings on Halloween, anti-witch defamation groups are all based on Murray's imaginative falsifications. Now, This is essentially breaking down to the fact that there's a cult based around a fiction or a book of fiction. Now, we've seen this before. Um, the Om Shinrikyo series that was based around Foundation. Uh, it seems kind of common for cults to be based around fictitious documents. 
I wonder if that's evidenced in more cults. We'll need to figure that out. But, oh, I'm about to sneeze here. Hold up, I'm going to pause. All right, I'm back. So I dove into the comment section of this Reddit thread. Um, there's people who are in this um, community, the pagan community, Wicca community, and they're telling me, or what they're saying is, that they're the most accepting religious group and that they believe in hell, but they don't believe in the traditional Judeo-Christian hell. Um, what they do believe in is things like your hell is 50,000 lifetimes as a fly. Now I'm going to look up the math. How long does a fly live? How long does a fly live? And we're going to just, you know, estimate. So how fly lives for 28 days. Okay. 28 days times 50,000. 1.4 million days divided by 365. So that's 3,835 years as a fly. Now, that's if you live, you know, 100% of your life, which you're not going to. So let's say cut that down. 2,000 years as a fly. That's the best you're going to do. Tops. So basically... It's a very fractured and not very well-organized cult that uses, um, I would say syncretic, syncretist, what's the word? Syncretistic or syncretic? Syncretist, syncretism? Yeah. Sync syncretic, whatever. Syncretic techniques to pick and choose what they want from other religions. I mean, it seems like there are some Wiccan groups that do take on Christian virtues, and there are some that don't. There are others that take on um, Buddhist traditions, it seems, from the comments here, and there are some that take on uh, old Euro-Pagan techniques. Well, it seems that they don't have a super uh, great platform for it because I have been searching all over the internet for it. And the only websites I find are like wicked.org, like, Ooh, cool. And books like here are books to cast spells. Like, uh, okay, come on dog. What are we going to casting spells? Like if you can prove to me with moderate scientific accuracy that your spells work, I'll believe you. But until then, not buying a book of spells, man. I mean, like, okay. Uh, what are some... I looked into some of these spells and like a spell of luck. Like, oh, like shoot a frog and then put it in your oven and then cook it at 217 degrees for 45 minutes. And then leave it outside for the crows to eat. And then for the crows to eat, take the bones put them in a pan, throw that pan on the floor, break the bones, and then whatever way the bones break, your luck's going to be good or bad. Like, what? One, I just... I'm making spells. If you want to buy that one, I'll write it down for you. $5.99 on Etsy. But it's like so... It's like the placebo effect. Think about it, right? You want a spell for X purpose. Let's say... Hmm... You want to spell for money. And you put that in, 
at the same time as you putting in a bunch of job applications, which I bet is probably something that happens, well, you get a job application, you get the job, uh, a company shows interest in you, you get hired. Wow. It's almost like correlation and causation aren't related here. But, um, to someone who believes in that stuff, they could easily pick, you know, their spell of luck and putting in a bunch of job interviews at one time and say, oh, these are totally correlated. This spell of luck caused me to get the job, which side note here, this is an unethical life tip, but you should use it. If you're ever applying for a job, go to the job description, copy that, paste it at the bottom of your resume on like an empty page, color the text to be all white. Then convert your resume to a PDF and apply to the job because there's keywords in there that usually are the words on the job description. So all their keywords go off and they're like, what is this guy doing? We need to check that out. And then they check it out and then you probably have a higher chance of getting the job. Life tip 101. There you go. Haven't tried it yet, but I've heard it works. So, you know food for thought um that just threw me off track i think everyone has met a wiccan i know three people i've met three people that believe in it and they're shockingly like all almost the same person like white people haven't met a wiccan dude yet i've only met wiccan women Probably because a warlock is a male witch, but they're all witches. They claim that it's the most liberated version of religion. They also claim that it lets them be who they want to be, like religion would stop you from doing that anyways. And they tend to be like really fringe, like into fringe interests, like, I don't know, fucking system of a down or some shit. And... They also are pretty dirty, like, don't clean their hands. Like, one I know, like, doesn't clean dirt off of her hands. Like, what are you doing? Or, or black all the time. Like, why are witches always wearing black? Like, guys, there's other colors. Let the goths have black. And it's like, it attracts a very specific type of person to the point where you're like, oh, Um, these people are just weird and they want a group of other weird people. Now, here's the thing that I want to check out is anti-witch leagues, which anti-witch league or whatever those witches anti-defamation league. This is it. So... An early organization in the contemporary non-pagan witchcraft movement founded by Leo Louis Martello. It was designed, quote, to educate the public, counteract false accusations, take legal steps, obtain IRS recognition, paid legal holidays, such as Halloween. Okay, go fuck yourself. And paid legal holidays for members, fight distortions, and hold regular festivals. Neo-pagan witches claim that they are descendants of the pagan religions that held sway in Europe prior to the forced conversion of the population of Christianity. 
That was a pretty forced one. I, I agree with them on that one. They do not believe in the devil or practice Satanism. The view was presented in Martello's book, Witchcraft, the Old Religion. This was the other guy. Leo Louis Martello. Fraud, because I know there's like fraud accusations against the guy. Okay. Here we go. So, ooh, this is a good website right here. You know, you know, it's a good website for conspiracy theory th stuff and podcasts because it hasn't been updated since 1995. It's still got that weird 3D rotating clip art. Like, there's literally two lightning bolts that kind of just flash in and out and like a rotating um, uh, pentagram. Yeah, pentagram. And this dude, oh my, he's wearing what looks to be a cape with a priest's robe and uh, I can't, it's like a. It, it's it's this huge like I can't wait describe the chain, but he's got this like palm sized shield with an engraving on it, but I can't tell what the engraving is. He has long black hair and a goatee. So this guy is a book villain. And here's what it says about him. Dr. Leo Louis Martello was an American witch, a certified hypnotist, and a graphologist. Don't know what that is. And an author with a number of books to his credit. He first came to prominence during the 1960s as a leader involved in the early spread of contemporary witchcraft in America. This colorful and sometimes controversial figure, I don't think he's colorful because he's wearing all black. He is perhaps best known as an activist involved with civil rights, animal rights, and gay and lesbian rights issues. He's particularly famed for his manifesto seeking retribution for atrocities caused to witches during the witch hysteria of the 15th to 17th centuries in Europe and filing suits of 500 million against the Roman Catholic Church and 100 million against Salem, Massachusetts. I want to see what that evidence, I want to see what that court argument was. What did he argue? Like, what was the case for? I mean, is, like, is reparations even a case that you can file? I'm not sure. Like, that's the only thing that comes to my mind. Like, I need reparations for all these witches that would be burned. Which, Salem Witch Trials wasn't actually burning people. They are most likely drowned. There's no real evidence of people being burnt at the stake, but you know what sells books. Um, a lot of the time, the Salem Witch Trials too was really just mass hysteria, because what they would do is say, "You are a witch. If we put you underwater and you don't drown, if you drown." You're a regular person, and you're free to go. Well, you know what happens when you drown someone is they, they die. And uh, I guess their body is free to go wherever you want to, but they're probably not going to be going anywhere after that. So 
you get these people who drown someone because they think they're a witch and you could make accusations about anybody. This is what was happening is people who didn't like other people would say, Hey, yo, Trish up there on the, the, the hill. She's a witch. I saw it two days ago. Yeah. She was walking around and she just summoned a demon like that, like snap of her fingers. It was easy, crazy. I couldn't even, couldn't believe it. And you know, the town would be like, uh, burn the witch. So they go and find her, they put her on trial and they'll say, do you weigh more than this duck? And she'd be like, I don't know, let's find out. And they would weigh her and she would weigh more than the duck. Shocking. And they'd be like, well, guess you're a witch. And they would kill her because that's how witchcraft, uh, and witch trials worked. Great court of law. I think we should bring it back. But this guy wasn't a very bright character, it seems. Ooh, this one just popped out at me. As a child, Leo had many psychic experiences and in his early teens began to study palmistry and tarot with a gypsy woman. So palm reading and tarot cards. He also learned about hypnotism and graphology. I'm going to look up what graphology is because I need to know. Let's see. The study of handwriting, for example, is used to infer a person's character. Okay, I can kind of see this being practical for, like, forensics, but I don't see this being... Mm. Yeah. You know, okay. What I'm looking at here is it, it's a thing that seems kind of legitimate. Like it could be used to identify a person based on, you know, trends in their writing. But this guy was claiming he's using it to read people's spirits and their fucking fit and infer things about their character. I don't know about that. And their psychological state. Maybe. Maybe, because I bet a really angry person is going to press real hard down on the paper, and they're going to have some real aggressive strokes. But, I don't know. It's kind of, court is out on that one. Now, he, uh, okay. By the time he was 16, he was making radio appearances, giving handwriting analysis, and selling articles to magazines. At the same time, continuing his education, Education at Assumption College in Worcester, Massachusetts. What the fuck is that? At the age of 18, he moved to New York and studied at Hunter College. So he went to two different colleges. In the Institute for Psychotherapy in New York City, he managed to be on his own, supporting himself with a wide variety of odd jobs. A year later, age 19, he won a gold medal for the best fiction story written by a teenage author in New York City. I want sources for this. Jesus, my nose is itching again. So, last night, fun fact, <clears throat> I was just sitting in my bed, and something felt like it was falling out of my throat, and it landed on my tongue, and it kind of felt like mucus, but I went to the bathroom, spit it out, and I didn't get a picture of it, but it was about a pinky-sized ball of mucus and blood. It was pretty, it was a pretty good one. Honestly, it's the best one yet, but... I'm uh, 
hoping it was the last one. So, after moving back to New York, his father informed him they're cousins from the old country, which old country? Europe, I guess? Who'd wish to meet with him. And after meeting with his cousins, he was told they'd been watching him for years, waiting until he was ready to be brought back into the old religion. Oh. On the 26th of September, 1951, Leo was initiated into his cu- cousin's secret Sicilian coven and became a Stregon Ma- Majos? A male witch. This involved a bloodletting oath. He was never to reveal the secrets of his coven, its members, or any of their secret teachings. Guess what? If he became the leader of contemporary witchcraft, he revealed techniques. <coughs> Jesus Christ. So... This, you can tell from what, I, what I'm reading here. It started in 1951, which co- uh, corroborates some of the information I read earlier about him starting Wiccanism, contemporary witchcraft in the 50s, and how he basically uh, started a cult. I mean, what's this old religion? Like, I've never heard of... Sicilian covens. Um, now I have something in my eye. Christ. I've also never heard of Assumption College or Hunter College, actually. We're going to look those up. Assumption College. Hmm. So, it's a private Roman Catholic liberal arts college. Hmm. Let's see. Leo. Um, Louis. Martello. Huh. This is his Wikipedia page, which honestly I'm going to take as way more trustworthy than anything else. So, yeah, he did expose the secrets of the Strega tradition. Uh, guess what? That means he should have been killed. Now, he was raised Catholic, became interested in the occult as a kid, and when he was 21... He was initiated into witchcraft. Yeah. So uh, he was also gay. Wow. Shocking. He became a member of the Gay Liberation Front. Um, He became a founding member of the Gay Activist Alliance. And he authored a regular column called The Gay Witch. Uh, In 1970, he founded a Witches International Craft Associates as a networking organization for Wiccans, and under its auspices, organized a witch-in that took place in Central Park in Halloween 1970, despite operation or opposition from the New York City Parks Department to campaign for the civil rights of Wiccans. What are their civil rights? It's not even like, no one cares anymore. He founded the Witches Anti-Defamation League, which was later renamed to the Alternative Religions Education Network in 1973. Yeah. 
definitely a better sounding name. He visited England being initiated into Gardini, Gardnerian, Gar, yeah, Gardnerian Wicca by the Gardnerian high priestess Patricia Crother. Continued practicing Wicca into the 90s where he died in the 2000s. Ooh. This is funny. Patricia Crother, who also gun, goes under the craft name Thelema, if you remember the Aleister Crowley series, you'd remember that Thelema is the religion that he created, which I think, honestly, way more plausible and legitimate than Wicca. And, oh, the Book of Shadows. This is my best, this is the best part that I just remembered. The Book of Shadows is like a, a core religious text, you would say. Um... It's one of them, but all the Wiccan core texts, you can't read unless you're in the religion, which I don't know how they quality control that, because I think if I really wanted to, I could go online right now and find a Wicked core text and buy them for 99 cents from China. But that's how, you know, like we can't let you read any of our stuff before you join because then you would know it's all fake but like why are they keeping these things secret if they want to grow the first part of growing something is to give out as much of your core information as you can for free because then people are like hmm I'm interested I'll come and go to a meeting and see what's up, and maybe I'll pay $100,000 to learn the secrets of the Book of Shadows. Or get my Thetans raised to level 8, OT8. Um, I kind of want to go to a Scientology building just to go fuck with them, but I also don't want to get put on a list and assassinated. So, <coughs> you know, got to watch out. Might just go in as a pseudonym under the name... Tony Blair, and I'm not the I'm the Prime Minister of of Britain. I think maybe the Secretary of Defense. I don't know. Um, Minister of Defense. Um, yeah, I kind of want to do that, but I also don't feel like I should. You know, I'm going to conclude with this whole Wiccan thing. It's it's almost like people got bored. And they wanted to be a part of a counterculture, but it wasn't the time of hippies yet. And it wasn't cool to go be a Buddhist yet. So, or they probably actually didn't even know about Buddhism, if I had to be 100% honest, because this started in the 50s. Buddhism, I, I, don't, I don't think, came into the United States as a real popular or even well-known thing until probably the Beatles went to India. That's what I would bet did it because they came back with their transcendental meditation and all that stuff. But if I had to guess, they did this because there was nothing else to do at the time that would have made them cool and unusual so that they could base their personalities around something that wasn't the norm because people don't want 
to always be a part of the norm. They want to be just outside it. Most people, some people, they're cool with being normal. Other people hate being normal. I don't particularly like fitting into the norm. And so I don't want to work for anybody else. I'd rather have a podcast, run my own company, uh, sell drugs to people on the underground, you know, stuff like that. But there are other people who just want to attach to one thing and make that their whole personality, which this guy in general doesn't even sound feasible as a person. Like he's a gay witch who happens to run four organizations technically betrayed his family by revealing the secrets of Strega tradition and then became a different witch under a second cult group, which had a woman who was going by the code name of Thelma, which was created by Aleister Crowley in the 30s, which totally means that she would be going under a different religion too. I mean, see where I'm going with this? It just doesn't seem plausible. And these people seem like they're just padding up their resumes with different stuff so they can be appealing to larger groups of people. That's what I think. And I am going to tap out for today. I will see you guys on Friday with uh, something. I don't know. We're going to talk about some stuff. And that's going to be the 100th episode of the show. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. See you later. Remember, share the show with your friends, do some reviews, all that cool stuff. I'll see you on Friday.